Are you a, a coach, a consultant, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, feeling like you're scrambling? You're always trying all the things, but things aren't really working the way that you want them to. It could be because you haven't necessarily started with a strategy first approach. And my guest today on Cash In On Camera, Ken Cook from The Prepared Group, knows all about strategy first because he himself admittedly worked do, running his own agency in the past where he might have caught got caught up in all that as well as me can i feel like i got caught up in all of that too is just like all the tactics as opposed to standing back and looking at the strategy which leads us to where you are today and now you really specialize in helping agencies specifically to do that right is to learn how to help their clients get more revenue why is it that people try to chase all these shiny objects and try to chase these tactics instead of starting with strategy first I think that it's really interesting. If we were to go back to the history of how marketing has been bought and sold in this country, right? Let's go back 50 years. The primary way you as a small business owner marketed was through the yellow pages. And the reality was a guy showed up at your doorstep and you bought an ad and you were then <laughs> yep. all of customers or potential customers living rooms and when they needed something they pulled open the book they flipped through the book and if your ad stood out enough they called you right or maybe you put something in the newspaper or the clipper right the nickel ads etc you know what i'm talking about and yeah. so the, the way that you as a small business owner had to access your customer base was narrower and so what's happened is that marketing has become more and more complex and the internet is great at one thing and that is the development of complexity. It has become more and more challenging for the average business owner to know enough to choose what makes sense for them. And so what happens, and I've seen this over and over now for more than a decade, is we get what I call the Uncle Cletus effect. And that's this. My uncle Cletus said, this worked for him, therefore I'm going to do it. And the simple reality is there may be no reason, no rational reason to connect two other businesses to these two businesses and their success. And so the channel is being selected because it sounds good or it worked for someone else. Yeah. And so you get this constant challenge of. I'm overwhelmed. I'm confused. I don't feel like I know enough. There's so many options. Somebody who has my trust said, try this. So I'm going to, right? Or yeah. I got a knock on the door, a call on the phone, and someone said they can make all my wildest dreams come true. And so I'm going to invest there because I just don't know what else to do. Yes. So... I think there's also, and to use maybe even a modern analogy as well, would be a Kim Kardashian effect. Some people are seeing Kim Kardashian doing what she does and obviously a huge influencer has millions and millions of followers and the things that she's doing, and there's a whole team of people 24 seven running behind all of that, that whole entire machine. And then yep. a business owner looks at what Kim Kardashian is doing and saying, well, it, I'll imitate or emulate or copy what it is she's doing. It has nothing to do with how you should be operating, what you should be doing, how you should be showing up. But because it looks good and she has success, therefore maybe it should work for everyone. But that's not the case. 
Right. Well, and this is most commonly, we see this with small businesses emulating large brands. And so I use this example. Do you know what Bud Light's annual marketing budget in the United States is? No. It's well north of a hundred million dollars. Oh, wow. Okay. And so let's just think about that for a second. Let's say it's roughly 30 cents for every man, woman, and child in this country. So simple question. Do you have 30 cents for every person in this country to reach them? If not, you can't use this style of marketing approach. You've got to choose and narrow your focus. But what's the hardest thing for a business owner to do? <laughs> narrow. Say, I am going to intentionally not go after somebody because they feel like, well, if I'm not going after somebody, I'm going to lose revenue. <laughs> right. Right. The reality is when you focus your efforts, you are going to make more money. When you niche down, when you focus, when you get narrower, you become more valuable and your dollar can go further, right? And so, and so let's think about this. Let's say that you as a marketer wanted to reach every plumber in the country. How many plumbers do we think there are? I don't know. Hundreds of thousands. Thousand. Let's say 200,000 plumbers. How many dollars do I need to be able to spend to reach all 200,000? Right? Right. Well, could I narrow that and say, you know what? I just want to target the plumbers who work in industrial sites, industrial plumbing or commercial plumbing, right? Because our application for whatever we happen to be doing is best for industrial plumbing. Well, now that maybe takes me from 200,000. Maybe that takes me down to 10,000 or 5,000. Well, spending, let's say $10 on 200,000 people, that's a $2 million marketing budget. Spending two or spending $10 on 5,000 people, that's only a $50,000 marketing budget. Yeah. Right. But the reality is this, while you may get incremental sales increases from the entire market, if your primary market is those 5,000 people, are you going to get more of a return than you lose by spending all the extra cash? Right. Right. And so when we're talking about strategy and I'm giving a very specific kind of example here, but when we're talking about strategy, this is what we're talking about is saying, how do we think through the very application of where I am spending money? Because the enemy of business, the enemy of effective marketing is waste. <laughs> it was Wanamaker right. who a couple of generations ago said, I know that half of my marketing budget is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, guess what? Today you can know which half we have highly advanced analytics tools. will tell you that will literally tell you to the person, every click, every interaction, every touch that you've had with an individual and what financially resulted from that. We can see that with advanced analytics today. Yeah. We're afraid, I think as marketers, and small business people to get that deep because so much of what we do is wasted and we don't want to see it. We don't want to see it. It's like, well, I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm just going to cover my, 
and right. pretend I don't see that because there is probably a lot of waste. And I think this is also a lesson that I have had to learn in my own journey as a business owner, entrepreneur, and I'm getting better at it as every year that goes by, I get more clear and more specific, and maybe there's still even room to be more, even more specific at this point going forward, but at least I'm cognizant of switching that mindset around and deciding I want to be a specialist as opposed to being a generalist. Right. Right. Well, and and I think there is no generalist. No one is a generalist. Everyone is a specialist. Generalism is a myth, right? Like really think about this. Who's a generalist? Like your ability to do most things doesn't make you a generalist because you still have more skills in one area than another. Right. And so this idea of, well, I just want to hit the general market. Right. Like, well, that was to your point about going back to the yellow pages days. And I'm just thinking about television because that's where I come from. But back in the day, right, there would be television commercial campaigns and like, and even today, I mean, it's still the case, but it was only that way back in the day because we didn't have the internet, but to be able to run a commercial on television and you spray and pray, right? That people are going to hear the message and hope that they buy the thing that they're promoting. But now this idea that you have the ability, you have to make a decision, but you have the ability to be very specific about who it is that you're actually marketing to. So I just want to ask you, Ken, let's say a business owner goes through that process, right? They get clear, they do get more specific and they're really drilling down on a strategy and they know who they're targeting. I want to transition into the three ways to make more money next week, because a lot of people right now, especially with a recession looming, I mean, people are thinking about money and cash flow and how am I going to do that? So can we dive into the three ways to make more money quickly next week, next month? What is way one that we can do that? The first thing is exactly what we've been talking about focus in on a particular group of people. And so here's the reality within the people you can serve. There is a range of symptoms that people feel not problems that they have necessarily, but symptoms that they feel your solution will more or less effectively speak to different symptoms. I.e., it's easier or harder to sell certain things, right? And the symptom that you're solving for may have a different value. And so simple question is this, if you want to make more money next week, who are the customers you need to clone? And then how can you find them? If you can answer those two questions, just those two, you will start making more money next week because it's going to begin directing you as to the actions you need to take. Yeah. I want to give an example. So if I have a client that I currently have, let's say I have a client right now and I can think of someone that is an amazing client. I would want to take a look at the say intricacies or the characteristics of that particular client that I want more of and figure Mm -hmm. out how I can clone that person and then figure out how I'm going to reach more of those type of people. Let's use the plumbing example because we've been talking about that. Okay. Let's say you're a generalist plumber. You can solve kinds of residential plumbing needs. Okay. Well, you may choose because you want customers who are going to be not price sensitive, right? They're willing to pay whatever, right? 
that's the thing that you're most interested in, you may choose to specialize in emergency plumbing. Oh, and great you may point. choose to say, what, I'm spending my time, money, and positioning on we are the emergency plumber. We're open to we're open from 5 p.m. to 9 a.m. Those are our hours. Right? If you need something during the day, there's lots of plumbers that can help you. But if you need an after-hours emergency plumber, we're the guys for you. Right? Just that little bit of focus, just that little bit of shift in saying, oh, I want to I want a customer who's not price sensitive. Well, guess who's not price sensitive? Somebody calling people, you. People, people who have water spewing out of their sinks and toilet water everywhere. If you get toilet yes. water everywhere at 11 p.m., you are not price sensitive. No. Right? That's the simple reality. And so it's that kind of thing that I look at and I say, there is a way to go after that market. Yeah. And so, so yeah. that's kind of piece one. Okay. Okay. Oh. I was going to say, what is way two to make more money next week? I love point one. It's just such a great point. The second way is this. Once you know who, you must be able to nurture these people. The vast majority of people, what happens in their business is this. They get, let's say you get 10 leads in the door. You sell the one out of those 10 who's a lay down sale. They're an easy sale and you ignore the other nine. The reality is those other nine may not convert as quickly as the first one because they're not lay down sales. They need a little bit of time. But when you start the nurturing process, some are going to be ready in 30 days, some in 90 days, some in six months. But for the exact same cost to acquire those leads, you can very radically inexpensively or almost with no cost, nurture those people over time, build that relationship and gain more clients from the exact same spend that you're already spending today. So nurturing your clients is the second way that you can make more money next week and you're not even gonna be spending more to do it. You're just going to be saying, how is it that I actually focus on all the leads I'm getting rather than just the easy ones? Ken, this is so interesting because I feel like in a lot of cases, the problem that people have is not necessarily lead generation, it's lead nurturing. If I look even, I have boards all around me here. I've got a whiteboard here. On it are names and lists and other things and I have some in my computer. Truthfully, if I go through all those names and that's not doing lead generation, it's already been generated. Yep. If I really were to do what you just said, which is totally true, I could generate more business. I just need to get myself out of the weeds, get my head out of the clouds and just actually action this number two, step number two, make more money next week. Look yeah, at the people that are on these boards and in this list. Exactly. And here's the reality with this. It ought not likely be a human task. There are great marketing automation systems out there from active campaign to keep to HubSpot to Salesforce depending on the size of organization you are, right? I mean, active campaign starts at $9 a month, right? I think Salesforce starts at $15,000 a month, right? Depending on the size and complexity, et cetera, of what you need, there is a tool out there that will make it so that this happens 100% of the time. Yeah. When I, when I used to, when we were running our agency, I would go to networking events, sometimes two, three, four days a week, okay? 
sometimes I'd go to a morning one and an evening one. I would take all of the business cards and I would take a picture of them with my CRM and I would upload them into a campaign that we specifically designed and tweaked over a four-year process. And it spit out meetings 50 for 50% of the cards that I put in there. And so you know what? I put every one of them in there because I knew if I met 60 people this week, I could get 30 meetings next week. I heard it said by somebody that the reason most small businesses do not hit their income targets is because they do not have enough opportunity. And so if you have fewer than 50 opportunities, sales opportunities a month, your number one thing that you should be looking at is how do I nurture the leads, the contacts, the prospects that I've already generated to get appointments going? And then how can I leverage that so that the guy that I met six months ago is now on my calendar today? Because what happens is your calendar is now fuller with prospects because you're working the entire process and only some of it. This really speaks to momentum in your business. If you really feel like you're not reaching your income goals and that you need to make more money, chances are that you need to also look at going back to basics, meaning that it's really about having conversations. You need to talk to more people likely. And, and your point about putting the card in, and that's a really cool feature that some CRMs have where you just literally take a picture and it puts the information in there. And to your point, you created or had when you were in your agency, a system that took some time to develop, I'm sure over trial and error of what yeah. that was gonna be. But this idea of the momentum that you need to build in your business is really gonna make you more money. You need more momentum, you need more calls, you need to talk to more people, it makes a lot of sense. What is the third way that we can make more money next week? So it was really hard for me because I have about six ways is what I really wanted to give you but I'm gonna cut it at three unless you wanna give me a bonus one. But number three is this. Do you have a systematic documented plan by which you extract referrals from every customer? Okay, I hear so many business owners, so many small businesses say this to me. Our business lives off of referrals. And so I ask them that question. Do you have a systematic documented plan by which you extract referrals from every customer? And you know what I hear? No. Is it systematic? Do you know exactly what steps need to be taken? Is it documented? I.e. it's not in your head, it's written down and it can be followed independent of you, right? And are you extracting referrals? And by that, I do not mean asking. Notice I didn't say that we ask everybody for a referral. I said, we're actually extracting them. We're pulling them out of every person. And so I wanna give one really easy example that we use in our business that you could implement literally tomorrow and will make you more money beginning next week. And it's this, in your ag agreements to do work, make it a requirement that they provide you with a referral. So in our contracts, we require testimonials and referrals. Interesting. Okay. I stole this idea from a well-known financial advisor who lives in North Dakota. He works 90 days a year and he runs one of the largest financial advisory groups in the country. And basically their policy is this, you send us three new clients a year by referral or we fire you as a client. <laughs> That's bold. Bold. And it's been very successful. And I'll tell you what, we started doing this and I was a little nervous. 
it was the best decision I ever made. And the reason why is this, when you provide a great service to people, they want to refer, they're happy to refer. And so then saying, Hey, by the way, this is just part of the culture here, right? I've never gone to a single one of our clients and said in our contract, you said you were going to do this, but I've set the tone from day one. I even say this as part of our selling process. Now you're going to see some weird stuff in our contract. One of the things that you're going to see that's a little weird in that contract is that we require testimonials and referrals. The reason that's there is this. We expect that you give us testimonials and referrals because we're changing your life and we want to change the lives of the people that you know, because we're doing what we say we're going to do. And we've set the cultural expectation from day one. And I hear so many small business owners who have a business that runs off of referrals and no process for it. Yeah. I want you to imagine that you went to the bank and the bank had no process by which to account for the money that you gave it, despite its whole process be, or its whole job being protecting your money. You would say, that's not the bank for me. The bank of your business is suffering because you do not have this kind of process. And I'm not saying you have to put it in your contract, but I am saying it has to be a cultural expectation of every client that they give this to you. Right. I never thought of it as being a requirement. Certainly I have processes by which to give people opportunities to join a referral program and other things like that, but I've never thought of it as making it a requirement. That's really interesting. I have a friend, I won't tell you his name. He hosts a podcast. If you want to be on his show, you must give him the name of at least one other person who would be a good fit for his program. Interesting. Right? Now, keep in mind, Dropbox, I don't know if you and I are old enough to remember Dropbox. Some yes, younger yes. folks will not be. Yeah. yeah. Dropbox had at its height a viral coefficient of two. What this meant was for every client they signed, they got two new clients. Why? Because their entire marketing structure, as you recall, was... Give us the email address of your friend and we'll give you an extra half a gig of storage right. or gig of storage or two gigs of storage, depending on when you got into this mess. Right. And so how did they go from nowhere to ubiquitous in four years? They had a viral coefficient that said for every client, I signed two more. Imagine your business. If for every client you signed, you just signed one more. You would have a perpetual motion machine, right? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think there were, just thinking back to the days of, oh, what was it? I want to say early days of email and maybe it was Hotmail even at the time where I think Hotmail, I don't know if it was a requirement, but it took on that sort of virality around it. Yeah, it does make, and it caught on back in the day. So I will give you a bonus, Ken. Okay, here's the bonus. The average small business owner that I talk to spends less than one hour a week actively, intentionally prospecting for new clients. Really? If you want more, absolutely. That's not a lot. That is not a lot. If you want to make more money next week, pick up the freaking phone. Find the people who need to be your clients, pick up the phone and call them. I know it's old fashioned. I know it's scary. I know it's not the easiest thing in the world and I don't particularly care. Pick up the phone, make the calls, put in the work, and you're going to see your business grow.
Yes. And this is one of those things. It's like public speaking, right? Like nobody wants to get up and do it. Once you're on stage, it's not that scary. The only thing that's really scary is in your mind. I had an old sales manager who used to say, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to reach through the phone and slap you upside the head. It was a little more vulgar than that. That's the cleaned up version. Uh, <laughs> but the idea is, are they going to yell at you? They're going to be mean to you. They're going to swear at you. Oh no. Oh no. I can't make my mortgage payment or a stranger yelled at me on the phone. Which would you rather have? Right. My business has been in the same place it's been for the past five years, the past 10 years. I can't get it any bigger. Well, are you willing to pick up the phone? Yeah. Yeah. And so I would really encourage you, don't be afraid of the telephone. The telephone is still one of your greatest allies to get more business. These are all of this makes a lot of sense. Focus on specifically who you want to have more of in your customer database nurture and have a system by which to nurture people have a plan a documented plan for referrals i did i'm writing this all down in little chicken scratch by the way and the bonus is spend more than one hour per week if that's the average in prospecting you have to be spending way more time than that i mean that's the lifeblood of your business is the prospecting so mm -hmm. have a system i think i have a passion for that because we do profitable podcasting and it is a prospecting system but you got to be spending more than an hour per week on prospecting in general on your business. I think that makes a lot of sense. So Ken, this is fantastic. Tell us a little bit about your website and where people can go and learn more about the prepared group. Yeah. So our website is thepreparedgroup.com. And what you'll find on here is information about our process. We have a fantastic agency growth quiz. You can learn about our licensing program as well as our book club for marketing agency owners. And just to show you, I was telling you the truth. We've got a lot of testimonial videos. I'll bet you know how we got them. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. Now it's all and making sense. It's all making sense. Right? And we would love to be able to have the opportunity to discuss your agency with you, your business with you, and see if, if there is a path forward. If you are not a marketing agency, we only work with agencies, but we have an entire network of licensees who love to work with businesses of all kinds who specialize in various kinds of businesses, we would love to be able to make a referral for you to one of our great licensees who can definitely help you build systems and process within your business that will help you grow very quickly. Ken, this has been fantastic. I want to ask you one final question before we end. And that is, we want people to stop marketing like it's 1999 with some exceptions because some old school tactics and strategies actually still work today. But I want to put the question to you, what is a tip a tool, a tactic or technique that's really been helping you to market yourself and to market the prepared group that's really working for today. Yeah, I would say the number one thing that we can't do without is advanced analytics. We use a system called Wicked Reports and it literally will tell me from the ad system to our CRM to our payment processor what's happening. So I can literally see from first click to payment and beyond every action someone is taking that interacts with us. And that allows us to say what's working and what's not working. And so if, if, if you can 
get into a system like that, Wicked Reports is a great one. Scott over there is a fantastic guy. He started that company in 2014. They do high-end cohort and regression analysis. That stuff is just absolutely golden. If wow. you've got the opportunity and or you spend more than, let's say, $5,000 a month in ads, it is so worth it to jump into a system like that. It will revolutionize your business. Ken, this is so great. I'm so glad we met. And I really appreciate you coming on Cash In On Camera today to share your tips on three ways to make more money next week, plus the bonus tip. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. This Thank has been for- fun. And you know what we'll have to do next time you come on is, I know you're up in Oregon wine country and you're yeah. passionate about wine. We'll we'll both make sure we have a glass of wine next time. Uh, you know what? Maybe we could even have the same glass of wine and talk tasting notes. Let's do that. Let's plan to do that. I love it. All right. (laughs) Bye, Ken. Bye. This podcast features curated audio originating from live video interviews simulcast on social media. You can catch full video episodes at Cheryl Plouffe and on my YouTube channel. To learn how we can help you use video to grow your business, visit CherylPluff.com. Remember, you can send us a voicemail question or suggestion for inclusion in the show from our main podcast page. Cash In On Camera is a production of Cheryl Pluff Media.